Welcome everyone to Riverside Community Church. It's so amazing that we have this platform to connect with each and every one of you. And we have the opportunity to share God's word and meet you where you're at. We're so excited to have you with us this Sunday morning. So welcome to Church at Home with Riverside Online. If this is the first time that you're connecting with us on Riverside Online, or if you have joined us recently, we'd love to engage with you personally. So please use our Connect With Us link on the website so that we can be in touch with you. We're excited to hear from Craig this morning and we hope that you enjoy the sermon. It's just so great to be able to share with you from God's Word. And uh, we wanted to just jump right in to give you an update as to what is happening with our Branch Out campaign. To date, we have been able to hand out and deliver 240 food hampers to people in our community, namely in the Jacksons informal settlement. Those food parcels have been going to the elderly and the disabled and to child-headed households. We've also been able to distribute the food bags that you've been making. You know, those ones with rice and the soup mix. That's been going to a lady who's feeding kids also in in the Jacksons informal settlement. It's just amazing to see your generosity at work and how it's changing the lives of people in our immediate community. I've also popped around to some of the shops where we've got our trolleys and I'm so excited that they are filling up. So I just want to thank you personally uh, for your generosity and to encourage you to keep on doing it because it is making a significant difference. Thank you. So I love a good drama movie, a good drama series, especially if it involves uh, some legal things and uh, the courtroom kind of experience. And there's so many iconic movies where there's a judge and, and somebody takes to the witness stand. And then there's always that moment in those uh, scenes where the judge says, you know, put your hand on the Bible and your hand in the air. And do you promise to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth? Well, I never thought that I would experience something like that personally. But last year, I was called in to court as a witness. And I had to take to the stand where the judge uh, made me promise There wasn't a Bible in this circumstance, but she made me say these words. Do you promise to God to tell the whole truth in this uh, testimony and in this witness? I was really troubled by this being my first experience and exposure to a courtroom and a judge and and, and to the whole environment. And of course, being a believer and and, and this passage that we're going to look at this morning kind of really threw me at, at should I do this? Should I say these words? But I didn't want to ruffle uh, the judge's feathers and, and I needed to get through what I had to get through. So I had to make that promise. And it got me thinking. And, and it's this really interesting thing that when you're in these moments, that people don't think that you're going to be honest with your words. So they call on you to call something sacred into the environment to say that, okay, Maybe you are not going to tell the truth if we question you. But if you promise on something sacred like the Bible, like God, there's no ways that you're going to kind of desecrate that. So the belief was that even the most hardened criminal and the most, um, uh, what's the right word, kind of 
a foul member of our society would not desecrate the name of God or the Bible, which is why they were called to promise on that. I remember doing something like that when I was younger. Not so proud of it, but I had the habit of embellishing the truth. Often around holidays or weekends, and my friends got wind of this. So often they would go, you're lying, Craig. And I would have to bring in something sacred. Like I promised by my mother that I did this. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. My four-year-old daughter has uh, somehow cottoned on to pinky promises. And for her, that is the most sacred thing you could do. She wanted a marshmallow. And it was too early in the morning for her to get one. This happened just yesterday. And so uh, I said to her, okay, you could have one later. And she stuck out her little pinky and she went, dad, pinky promise. And so knowing that I'm going to be speaking about oaths and promises and I yes and I know, I said to her, Edie Pye, what's going to happen if I break this pinky promise? She got very serious. And she shook her head. She said, Dad, you don't break pinky promises. So I said, I just want to know what is going to happen if I do. And she went, Dad, you're going to be fired. So I don't know what she meant by that. And I didn't really want to test it. And so I made sure that I didn't break my pinky promise. This is where it gets tough for us. Because the moment someone says to you, do you promise It means somewhere along the relationship between you and that person, you didn't follow through on something that you said you would do. And the fact that they're using the word promise is kind of that first bringing in of something sacred to say, well, you said you were going to do this last time. You didn't do it. So do you promise that you're going to do it this time? That, that, that just that language alone is bringing in something more serious into the conversation. And it's highlighting that at some point we drop the ball and the person no longer 100% trusts our word. I know that's tough. And I know that we wear so many hats as people. I wear the hat of being... Uh, working in Riverside and being a pastor. I'm a husband. I'm a dad. I'm a friend. You know, we have so many different things that we do where there are so many people requiring things of us. I know that working at home and during lockdown, the tension is even higher because uh, people have more access to you that are always wanting your attention. I love my kids so much and I'm so thankful for the relationship that I have with them and with my spouse. But they're always wanting to spend time with me. But then I have to juggle my commitments and uh, we have to uh, have these tensions all the time. And because we're stressed with the tensions and the demands of work and friends and family and children and uh, household maintenance and chores... That sometimes we get tired, sometimes we stretch too thin, I have to make supper, my kids want to play, but dad, you promised you would play with us later. But you got held up in a phone call, a meeting went on longer, there's just things have to get done. And so we drop a ball. And sometimes it's maybe not as, as simple as that. Maybe, maybe it's not a case of you, you, you didn't play when you said you would play or... You didn't uh, fulfill the, 
the maintenance requirement that your wife had on time. But for some of us, these, these broken promises carry a lot more hurt. And for some of us, we have hurt people deeply by our failed promises. Or we have been hurt deeply by our failed promises. And so we're going to look at God's word and see what Jesus has to say about this. We're currently in a series called Living Upside Down. And we're looking at a specific teaching of Jesus called the Sermon on the Mount. Where he is sitting with his disciples and he is teaching them on what it means to be a follower of him. To what it, what it means to be his disciple. And in many ways, he's taking existing teachings, things that they knew about, things in the law, as we're going to see here, and he flips it upside down. And I know the last few weeks have felt like you've been punched in the stomach. And especially these words of Jesus over the last few weeks have been very hard. But I'm so grateful for this because it's exposing our hearts. And Jesus is after our hearts. It's not good enough to just follow a set of rules and to adhere to external uh, sets of behaviors. We run the risk of then just being religious people. But Jesus wants our hearts. So why don't you turn with me to Matthew chapter 5 and we're going to read together from verse 33. So Matthew chapter 5 verse 33 reads, Again, You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, Do not break your oath, but keep the oaths you have made to the Lord. But I tell you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it's God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot even make one hair white or black. Simply let your yes be yes and your no be no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. So what Jesus is doing in this passage is he's taking something that they were very familiar with. He starts by saying, again, you've heard it said long ago. There's something that they were familiar with. And what he is quoting in verse 33, do not break your oath, but keep your oath that you've made to the Lord. He's putting two verses together. Very interestingly, one from Leviticus and one from Deuteronomy. Part of those two books of the Old Testament has to deal with God's people and preparing themselves for coming into their inheritance, the promised land. Leviticus was a first receiving of the law when God's people were coming out of slavery from Egypt and they were being set up as God's people to be a light to the nations around them. So he gave them some instructions. We know that that generation failed to enter into that and a new leader and a new generation were raised up. And Jesus again quotes from Deuteronomy, which is the second telling of the law and and bringing these in. The hearers would have gone, yes, we know this. This is important stuff. This is our law. This is what has governed our behavior for years and years and years. Even so, there would have been stories that would have brought to mind when they think about vows made to the Lord. Think of some of the famous ones being Samson. The vow that was made where he would not do certain things like cut his hair and and drink alcohol. And that's what God used and gave him strength to help deliver God's people time and time again while he was uh, ruling as a judge. Think of Hannah 
a story in the Old Testament where she makes a vow and an oath to the Lord, where she then dedicates her baby to the Lord. And we see how God honors that. And so this was a practice for God's people, making oaths, part of the law, and then keeping them. But here Jesus then goes on and he completely flips that practice. Something that they would have known well. You keep your oaths. This external behavior. But again, he's pushing a little bit deeper and he's gunning for our hearts here. And this is where he goes on to say, But I tell you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it's God's throne, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, this great city of our great king. You know, if we bring something sacred into the equation, if we're going to say, well, I'm going to promise on the Bible, I swear by heaven. We have no authority over those things, as Jesus is saying. How can you swear on something as sacred as something that God himself created? In fact, we have no authority to do that at all. And I love this uh, because I think some of us are experiencing this reality um, is that We can't even swear by our heads because we can't even make one hair white or black. And we have some control over what our hair looks like because previously we could go down to uh, our hairdresser and they could sort out our hair for us. But with some of the restrictions, we're seeing just how little control we have over what our hair looks like being black or white. But here Jesus is pointing out the reality that we can't even control our hair turning gray. And so we can't even swear by something as insignificant as a strand of hair. But what do we have control over? And I love what Jesus is saying here. When he says, let your yes be yes. Jesus is saying we do have control over our own integrity. We have control over our character. God is sovereign in heaven and is the author of all of creation. By us swearing on that means absolutely nothing. By swearing upon ourselves and on our heads, and we, we have no control over those things. But I do have control over my character and my integrity. That's my heart. That's the issue here. See, because this is firmly rooted in the character of God. And again, we see that throughout the whole big story of the Bible. One of the first times we see something like this is in Genesis chapter 9. There was a man called Noah. He was righteous in God's eyes. And so God used Noah. We know that he built an ark. And as a result um, of all the wickedness of the people at the time, God brings his judgment And everybody with Noah who enters the ark is saved. And we see here in in Genesis chapter 9, verses 11, that God makes a promise with Noah. And it reads like this. It says, I will establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be destroyed by waters of flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. We see that God establishes something with his words. And to this day, he has never gone back or had to reaffirm his words. Uh, A little bit on in Genesis chapter 15, we see again another uh, promise that God makes. A covenant that God establishes with Abraham, but then uh, his name was Abram. 
what God was doing and, and the practice of uh, covenants is you would take an animal like a goat or a bull and you would cut it in half, quite grotesque. It would be separated slightly and you would be on opposite ends. You would walk into the middle, you would make the agreement standing there. And what that symbolized is that if any one of us failed in this agreement, we can do this to that person. And then they would pass through. And so God has Abram and he is about to make this covenant with him. And we see this in Genesis 15. It's a really interesting passage to read. But as they're ready to make this covenant, God puts Abram to sleep. And he passes through and makes the covenant on behalf of Abraham. When Abraham wakes up and he realizes that this covenant is in place, we realize something what God was doing in that moment. What he was saying there is, Abram, if I fail you, then you can do this to me. Something will die. I will die if I fail in this covenant. But if you fail in this covenant, Abraham, I will die. And all of this culminates in the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And so when he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As he goes to the cross and as he dies in our place for our sin, and we know what that means for us to be then able to enter into a relationship with God the Father because of that work. We see the integrity of uh, the words of God that he has never, ever failed us. And by always showing us that he keeps his words and he's shown that to us and he's demonstrated it to us in his actions. And this is why I think Jesus is calling us to live simply with a yes and a no. Because God has always simply been yes and no. His words have always been true. He's never failed in his words. He's never failed in his promises. And he's always demonstrated that with his actions. And so again, this is what we are being called to as followers of Jesus. He's showing us, teaching us what it means to be simply yes and no. To never deceive. And that's why he says anything else comes from the evil one. The father of lies is that we need to be people who live with absolute integrity. That we never have to say, this time I promise. No, I really will do it this time. Well, not like this guy over here who says that you don't have to remind me uh, every six months. And so I want to encourage you with this. I myself have failed people in my life. The fact that my uh, children sometimes say, but dad, do you promise? Means that there have been moments where I have dropped the ball in their lives. And I'm thankful because of the words of Jesus and because um, of his grace and what he has done for me, that I have an opportunity to come before him and repent of these things. I'm thankful for the grace of Jesus that allows me to come to him and say, Jesus, of all the people I have failed with my words, I've probably failed you the most. That I've made promises to you time and time again. And have failed to live them out. And so I want to just repent of that Jesus. And I'm thankful for the words of God where he says my uh, mercy is new for you every single day. 
And so I can come before him and receive his grace. I can repent of my actions. And because of the work of Jesus in my life and how I have surrendered my heart to him. And he has given me the empowering presence of his Holy Spirit, which is transforming me into the likeness of Jesus. I can pursue living like Jesus. That my yes can be yes. And that I can live with integrity. This gives me an opportunity to go to my loved ones, to go to my spouse and to repent of all the times I have failed to live up to my words. I can go and repent to my children. And I have the opportunity because of the words of Jesus, because of the works of Jesus, because of the grace of our Savior. To be able to move forward in this. That if I have been a person who has failed people with their words who have made these promises and have always gone I promise I'll do this and I'll promise I'll do that and I swear this time I will do it that by God's grace and his empowering presence I can grow into being a simple yes and a simple no that that is all that it takes because the grace of God has empowered me to live with absolute integrity Am I going to drop the ball again? I might. You might as well. But thankfully, the grace of God allows us to be the kind of people that model Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit who empowers us to attain that. So I want to encourage you all that we have an opportunity to be followers of Jesus Christ who exemplify the character and nature of God who has always been true and we can model that. Now that you've heard the sermon, why don't you take a few minutes to pray at home using the following prayer points as a guide. Thank you so much for joining us this week and we really hope to see you again next Sunday. If you're looking for more Riverside content and wanting to engage with us more, please follow us on our social media platforms.